I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Tysei Fu. And Tysei is uh, is freaking out because his fantasy team is down by like eight points in the semifinals or something. Uh, and he's had a, a great day so far uh, compared to his opponent. But it still probably won't be enough because all he has left now is John Gibson and like one more period of Brandon Sod and Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, it's uh, looking very upsetting. I might add that I did go 21-2-1 this year uh, in, in the regular season, only to completely choke it in my first appearance in the bye. Much like a Tennessee, I'm like the Tennessee Titans this year of fantasy hockey. Completely embarrassing. Team completely blew a tire at the end. Uh, and uh, just, you know, I, I'm relying on John Gibson. That's all you need to know about the fate of this team. So this this won't even age poorly after, after we stop recording and people are listening because they'll know what happens. Yeah, you were you were telling me yesterday about how you you had Mike Smith on your team for like a bunch of the year and everyone kept making fun of you about it, notably me. And then uh apparently if you like played him yesterday, you'd be in the lead now, is that right? If I played him all this week, he would I would I would be in the lead right now. Like Mike Smith has been I don't know if you've know, you've caught up, but the Oilers have been great, but Mike Smith in particular has had an absolutely ridiculous August. Uh not August, April. Um, August. he's had two shutouts in a row this week. Um he, you know, and he's won what seven appearances in a row. He's won seven appearances in a row in the last six games or five games. He hasn't uh, given up more than two goals. So this fucking guy, out of nowhere, after I dropped him very conveniently. Um, so yeah, if I had kept Mike Smith, if I had not succumbed to the peer pressure, I would maybe be winning this week and into the finals. Um, so you know, let let this be a lesson. Uh, Mike Smith is fantasy uh, acceptable. And uh, don't don't cave to the peer pressure, you know, just because the people are telling you to drop Mike Smith doesn't mean you should drop him because, you know, every so often he'll pull off a magic April. Keep that in mind for next season, please. Keep on. Make sure he's on your roster all year long. You know what? Maybe I will. Underrated. Everybody's counting him out. Just like I counted him out in March when I dropped him. So, ah, this, this is going to take me months to recover. This is just an absolutely brutal, brutal way to go out. Uh, so, so don't ask me about this fantasy team at, at any point in the future. I thank you for keeping the conversation focused on your team losing by a little bit in the semifinals, rather than <laughs> rather than switching attention over to my team getting absolutely shit kicked. Uh, it's really <laughs> ugly. I've literally been outscored every single day this week by my opponent, and it's about to happen for the seventh time in a row. It's really ugly, folks. And I had a good team. I finished second in the regular season. Uh, but it's it's all fallen apart. And part of that was schedule-related. I do take the blame for that because, like, I could have looked ahead to see what the schedule was. And so I had to drop good players for worse players who I'd actually be able to play, um, such as Patrick Hornquist and Josh Bailey and Anders Lee. Uh, and as you can imagine, that type of player has not guided me to victory. Hey, cut yourself some slack. Uh, you might actually outscore your opponent today on the Sunday. You know, you're still with less than a point away. <laughs> you could take solace in that. Uh, but yeah, no, you got absolutely curb stomped. You're getting like, he's scoring almost over 100 points more than you. So, uh, you know, yep. that's it happens. It happens. And so, yeah, both both hosts of this podcast uh, taking fat L's in the semifinals. Uh, when last week Probably. we were both in the finals. Uh, this year we are... You know, we got handed a rough one, uh, especially you. I gotta say, um, getting outscored by hundred. There's always next year. There, there's, 
<laughs> we're talking before we start recording. You never actually won a fantasy league. Uh, I've come close several times. In in which how many yeah, how many, yeah. have, how many years have we been in fantasy leagues together? Like four, five. Ooh, I think. Let's see. This is probably our fifth year. Um, I, I remember, remember one I year I dominated night. the regular season. I was just talking about, and then lost in the semifinals by a little bit. I had Matt Murray on my team, and he had a shutout going into the last minute of the game until James Van Riemsdyk scored on him and, and blew it for me. Uh, and last year, uh, yeah, I lost to Tyson in the finals. Pretty sure we talked about it at the time. And this year is this year. Uh, but eventually, it's going to happen for me. Just You just wait. Man, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a funnier fantasy moment than that Matt Murray incident back in, like, 2018, was it? Um, yeah, in case it's not clear, this was a categories league, and he was on the verge of winning based on tiebreakers, contingent on the fact that Matt Murray got a shutout, and he had a shutout up until 20 seconds to go. The, it was the Penguins. They were about to win anyways, uh, and he just gave up a garbage-time goal. <laughs> no, no. No, no. There was a tie, like that, that goal tied the game, made it 1-1. Oh, okay. But they ended up winning. But it didn't end up mattering because you needed that shutout. Yeah, uh, garbage so... time goal would have hurt way more, though, I have to say. <laughs> a shame. But anyways, uh, so yeah, that's that's the fantasy situation. Just just frowny faces all around here. Uh, anything, anyone you want to shout out on your team before uh, we, we never talk about this fantasy year again? Uh, let's give a shout out to Drake Batherson. I just picked right. that one at random. Uh, I picked him up early in the season for very cheap, and he's been outstanding. Same deal with uh, Joe Pavelski. Same deal with Jordan Cairo, who I traded alongside some uh, who, uh, a nothing player, I'm pretty sure, like Noah Hannafin or something, for Shea Theodore. That was nice. Uh, and I've got the two best goalies in the world, Igor Shesterkin and Darcy Kemper on my team. So there, that's who I'm shouting right. out. Uh, I'd like to give an anti shout out to Jacob Markstrom uh, for giving me a false sense of security the entire a shout year. Shout in, a sh- yeah, uh, a, a whisper in uh, for uh, for Jacob Markstrom because he was terrible this week. He's been terrible recently, uh, but uh, he was great all year, and so he thought I was set a goaltending. But alas, um, and aside from that, I'd like to shout out Alex Barkov. Excellent first round pick. Wouldn't change my pick at all, and I stand by it. One hundred. Wasn't he your second round pick? Elite. I think Patrick Kane was your first uh, round pick. That's true. Big mistake. Big mistake. Should have taken Barkov with the first pick, but it's okay. Shout out to Alex Barkov. Great second round pick. Um, over the top. All right. So yeah, I think that's it. I'm now t- ten points in the deficit, and it does not look promising. Um, but I am waving my John Gibson flag tonight. Oh well. Uh, we're gonna do something a little different this week, as if we haven't already. Instead of starting off right away with the Blues, we are going to as the season. Uh, quickly approaches its end, we're going to do our so-called standings checkup, uh, which two and a half years later we still don't have a good name for, uh, at the start to make sure we really have enough time to do it thoroughly and well as we get into the nitty-gritty final days of the regular season. So where would you like to begin? Would you like to begin in the boring Eastern Conference once again? I think that's best. You know, you got to save the best for last. I think. That is my firm belief. All right. That was kind of a, you can go ahead and start now. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, we'll start in the Atlantic. Uh, We have uh, the Florida Panthers just continuing to be a complete wagon. Uh, They've won 10 in a row now. 
they're like scoring they're out like scoring like six seven goals like it seems like every night i mean they just put up six last or today uh and yeah just they just seem completely unstoppable and so that's they're they're firmly let's see let's let me look at the uh the president's trophy race right now oh actually so they're still two points behind colorado at 114 colorado's at 116 um but they're very much in the thick of it and uh yeah they're a powerhouse it doesn't like their goaltending it doesn't seem to matter who's in net bobrovsky night they just seem to go back and forth um but uh, they they seem to be rolling either way. That the Fords are just they're just scoring too many goals is what it is. Uh, and uh, the Atlantic Division we've seen a bit more separation between the teams. They've all played seventy five games. Uh, but the Maple Leafs have seemed to to, to be the one to come out of the, on top between uh the the trio vying for second, third, and fourth. Uh, we have they've become they won eight out of the last ten. They're just clicking, except for the you know the occasional Sens loss, Sabers loss. Uh, they just seems like they beat everybody else. So. They're at 104 points, four points clear of the Lightning, who have been, you know, plotting. You know, they've been fine. They've been okay. Uh, and so they're at 100 points. And then the Bruins have, uh, you know, been okay. They've, they've won five out of the last 10, so somewhat middling. Um, but looks like they're, they're going to take the fourth spot. They're three points behind. Um, and everybody's got seven games left. It's crazy how few that is. Uh, and currently, as it stands, it looks like we're going to have the Maple Leafs playing the Lightning, uh, the Panthers going over and playing. Uh, let's see. Points wise, it's going to be the Capitals and the Bruins yep. looking up at the Hurricanes. This is the part of the season where uh, I, where I feel like it's very you know helpful to take a look at the schedule and like specifically which teams are playing which teams, because uh, I feel like it gives a much better indication at this point of like who has a hard schedule, who has an easy schedule at this point, because you know makes a big difference. Leafs up against Islanders tonight, then the Flyers. It should be two wins. Then the Lightning, Panthers, Capitals, Red Wings, and Bruins. That's a pretty tough last five games of the year, including uh, a game against each of the two teams that are kind of chasing you down. I guess like the Bruins, quite a long shot to pass the, the Leafs. The Lightning, on the other hand, let me just command F Lightning on the hockey reference entire schedule page. Uh, one moment. I could have planned this beforehand, but I didn't. Lightning, Red Wings, Maple Leafs, Predators, Panthers, Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets, and Islanders. So, I get it's not you know too ex- extreme, but I think especially if the Lightning do end up beating the Leafs when they play each other uh later this week, then I think the Lightning do have a slight edge in terms of schedule. And a pretty decent chance to to overtake them. They're only down by four points, right? So, but I think either way, like looking at how the schedule is kind of formatted, uh, it's really kind of locked in. It's, there's a high probability we're going to see Maple Leafs Lightning in the first round. Yes, yes. Um, it's just uh, it's a matter of who gets that home ice advantage. Um, which I don't know. With I don't know how many fans are in these arenas. They're pretty packed now at this point. Um, so you know, take take it as you will. That whatever whatever you think home ice advantage is, is an advantage. But uh, that's that's the current. That's a real fight in the Atlantic. Although, let's let's look at the Bruins' schedule, see if they can maybe catch up to the Lightning. Uh, they have the Blues, uh, who we, we just covered. Uh, we have the Penguins, the Rangers, the Habs, the Panthers, the Sabres, and the Maple Leafs. So, uh, yeah, no, that is a that is a hard schedule. Yeah, um, not a lot of easy games. Out of the four, or tough out of the three. So, uh, yeah, really, it's just the Habs who are probably the easy easy pickings there. So, and Buffalo. I would, right. And so... That's I expect them to stay at fourth, crossover to the uh, Metro Division. 
Meanwhile, at the top of the Metro, uh, the Hurricanes and Rangers are now tied. 104 points each, 76 games each, as the Hurricanes have continued to stumble a little bit. Four wins in their last 10, two losses in a row. Meanwhile, the Rangers, trending the opposite way. Uh, two wins in a row, seven wins in their last 10. Uh, and if those trends continue, we might see the Ranger, the, uh, the Bruins crossing over to play the Rangers rather than the Hurricanes. Uh, and Freddie Anderson is injured now. Uh, as you just mentioned me before we started recording, and I'm, we don't know exactly what the details or timeline of that injury is, but um, I'm, I'm sure it would probably be very wise of Carolina to rest him for at least the rest of the regular season uh, because even if you know the team suffers because of it, the Penguins are definitely an easier matchup than the Bruins would be. Right, absolutely. So just even, even matchup-wise, it's probably in their best interest to continue to lose games. Uh, and to just kind of stick in the Metro division uh, for the first round matchup. Um, yeah, that being said, that that Freddie injury, I don't know if you saw it, but the clip was he just kind of went down uh, to make like a save or whatever it was, and it looked like a non-contact sort of injury, or it was like he tweaked something uh, on his way down, and he had trouble getting up. He needed assistance getting off the ice. So, you know, it's really those like the non-contact ones that seem to get you the worst. And especially for a goalie like Freddie, where he obviously has that big, you know, injury red flag in his career at this point, uh, where, man, that is, that's got to be worrying for the Hurricanes. Obviously, we don't know the timeline so far, but non-contact injuries are never great to begin with. Um, maybe tweak the muscle or something. Uh, but, you know, I think that's at the very least. I'm not a doctor, but that's my guess. Uh, and if that's the case, you're rolling with fucking anti-Ranta in the playoffs. That's not looking good. But then again, you know, you put yourself in that scenario. Like, you know, Freddie's obviously done better than expected, but he had those injury risks. Everybody knew it. And they didn't really have that great of a 1A, 1B kind of situation where he could get injured and they'd be fine because I don't have that kind of faith in anti-Ranta at this point. Among the last several games of the year for these teams, they are playing each other on what day I just saw. The Hurricanes are playing the Rangers on April 26th. So... There's quite a good chance that the fate of the division champion will come down to that game, and quite a good chance that uh, the team's fans will be rooting against their own team to get a better matchup. Uh, besides that game, though, the Hurricanes have quite an easy schedule. I think that might be the only playoff team they're playing from here on out. The other one, they're playing Arizona, Winnipeg, New Jersey, the Islanders, and the Devils. Those are their games besides the Rangers. Oof. <laughs> so 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 it Carolina sucks. go like that yeah so uh I do think even with Ranta in uh this should be relatively smooth sailing and if it isn't like if they go anything worse than like 4 and 2 this is probably you know cause for a little more serious concern heading into the playoffs no matter who your opponent is meanwhile the Rangers don't have such a crazy schedule but Washington's in there Boston's in there so a little bit more of a challenge Right. And so, yeah, I think it really is just like, see if the more than like fighting for the division, whatever it is, uh, it's, you know, how can you get like tuned for the playoffs, get ready to roll uh, and hopefully have your, your goalie situation sorted out. Um, OK, so let's look at the uh, the third seed. It looks like Pittsburgh's clinched their playoff spot and Washington's basically on the verge of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're only three points apart and the Penguins have really kind of fallen off down the stretch. The Capitals have won last seven of the last 10, and there's only three points separating them. The the Capitals have two games in hand. Uh, so it is still very much within the realm of possibility uh, that 
uh, if the Capitals bump up to third in the division, now now you're really talking Carolina. It's time to you know bust some ass, lose some games. Uh, <laughs> what it is? Um, let's look at the schedules to see what kind of uh, thing we're dealing with. So the Caps have the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, uh, the Coyotes, the Maple Leafs, the Islanders twice in a row, and the Rangers. So that's that's a tricky schedule. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a bunch of teams in the West. Uh, a couple of them, you know, the Golden Knights are obviously fighting for a playoff spot, uh, and yeah, a lot of playoff teams. Really, the only non-playoff teams are the Coyotes and the Islanders at this point. So, you know, that's that's tricky. And if we look over to the Penguins, um, we have... They're playing, the yeah, Boston, Bruins. Detroit, Philadelphia, yep. Edmonton, and Columbus. Not too okay, crazy. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a weak schedule. Although the Oilers have been doing good, granted. Uh, you, you got three cheesy matchups. They should be able to handle that. I still think, though, I don't think there's enough of a disparity in schedule uh, to to account for the fact that Pittsburgh has been just, you know, trending downward and Washington has been trending upward. I feel like last week I even mentioned, like, oh, I didn't realize how close Washington was getting. Uh, and, you know, just based on, on who's hot and who's cold, I might wager on Washington passing the Penguins, knocking Pittsburgh to the wildcard spot. All right, and which team would you rather face if you're like a Rangers or a Carolina? What do you think? I'd rather play Given- Washington still, yeah. um, despite the trends. Um, for mainly just because Washington has just now we're we're going on like three years in a row. They just turn it off and play their worst hockey of the year come playoff time. Uh, so I'm looking, you know, Pittsburgh, you know. Crosby, Malkin, etc., Stanley Cup pedigree, whatever. Uh, there's still, you know, a decent fear that they could, you know, turn that on and and uh, become a, a real challenge. And Washington is now, you know, after they won their Stanley Cup, developing a little bit of this reputation as just being a, a team where, oh, I win the playoffs now. Ovechkin's goals don't even count towards his record. Let's <laughs> let's, let's take our let's take our foot off the gas here. Save it for next season. Yeah, this franchise is already they've they filled their cup quota for the next two decades. Yeah, um, it's just it's just the Ovechkin Ovechkin goal record franchise now. And yeah, you're right. They don't give winner vibes. Like obviously they've they're they've been able to win, but like you know, like in the playoffs, they don't feel like such a threat. Uh, I don't know exactly if their goaltending situation's been sorted out. If there's been a starter between Samsonov and Vanacek, that's I think Vanacek's kind of taken over. Okay, in that case, you know, if if you're playing Vitek Vanacek. Uh, I don't care how good of a season he's having. Um, I like my odds in the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the situation currently, uh, and it does look like whoever comes out of the uh, the Metro Wildcard will face the Panthers uh, in the cro- to crossover. Uh, okay, and as for the uh, the non playoff teams, uh, I don't know how much you want to say about them, but you have uh, in order you have the Islanders, then you have the Blue Jackets, then you have the Sabers, the Red Wings. Uh, and then to, to to wrap it up, we have the uh, Sens, Devils, Flyers, and the uh, the perpetual, the continuously losing Habs, who have lost eight out of the last ten and five in a row. It's kind of crazy that they've lost eight of the last ten and five in a row because it feels like they've been doing okay lately. You know, <laughs> to get that. Yeah, really. Too. No, no kidding. Yeah, I think I think it's because the bar is so fucking low. It was Must so depressing under Ducharme. It was so depressing under Ducharme. There was no fight. There was no excitement whatsoever. Uh, and so you know, Saint Louis comes in. And the bar to hit, the, the bar to clear for him is uh, the floor. It's beneath the floor. Uh, he just needs to get any sort of excitement, and it seems like nobody cares what the scores are. You know, like if Cole Caulfield scores a goal, everybody a <laughs> the the forwards are kind of doing looking pretty good. There's one line in particular that shines, 
Nick Suzuki has a good game, then it's already a win in the Habs fans' books. And that's what it really seems like. Like, the vibes are surprisingly positive for a two, you know, like a, a, a team on a five-game losing streak. And it, it's completely different vibes from, you know, when they would lose five in a row under Ducharme. Because it really felt like, oh, this is never going to end. This is never going to end. And obviously, you know, Carey Price is a nice morale boost. You know, he came back, played his first game of the season. Uh, they didn't single score a single fucking goal against the Islanders. But everybody seemed to be happy about it anyways. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> well, obviously good for him. But still, you know, the Habs sucked against the Islanders. And yet everybody was happy about it. So this is the same kind of vibe. It's just better vibes. But the team is still undeniably dog shit. I attribute at least 75% of the good vibes to the fact that Cole Caulfield's on like a 45-goal pace since Ducharme was fired. Uh, I think that's actually last thing. week it was 50. Yeah, it might be like closer to 50, actually. That's got to be the only thing. And everyone's talking like it's a foregone conclusion that Martin St. Louis is going to you know, become the new head coach. This is what I think a lot of Habs fans were afraid of, is like the bar was so low, he steps over it. And all of a sudden, he gets like a three-year contract or something, and we find out he's, you know, a mediocre coach. Uh, because, like, what's going to – oh, I guess they are rebuilding now, so they do have a little bit of leeway to be like, maybe he's not the guy for when we want to contend for his Stanley Cup or something. Maybe he's a decent stopgap coach. He seems to do do pretty well with, you know, young star players in the small sample size. Um, but I, I do think it would be very wise – to look at other options that aren't just like Kent Hughes buddies. Um, and if Martin St. Louis really is like the Caulfield whisperer, keep, hold on to him as an assistant coach if he wants to. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think at this point, you know, St. Louis, uh, unsure if he even, you know, is going to stick around as a coach. Cause this is like, you know, his first coaching experience since like peewee hockey that he coaches kids at. So, you know, maybe he doesn't want to take an assistant's role and he's like, you want to put me in assistance role? I'm good. Let me just go and I'm going back into retirement. Uh, so in that sense, and then, okay, like, you know he's replaceable. He's not like <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's, exactly. There's nothing really to support that he's this great strategic genius, other than you know Cole Caulfield's having a great season. But maybe Cole Caulfield's just a great player who is being a, like you know suppressed by like the worst coach I've ever seen coach an NHL team in Dominic Ducharme. So. You know, it, it really is it, just how bad Ducharme was makes it tough to evaluate how good Martin St. Louis is. But yeah, you're right. Given the state of the current roster, uh, it's you know it's it's terrible, racked with these awful defensive contracts. Uh, it's okay if he's your Jeff Blasio. You know, you <laughs> you, you looks like well, the Red Wings have done for like the last seven like, years, <laughs> six fucking years, um, with no end in sight apparently. But you know, like nobody's too mad about Jeff Blaschel. We, we all understand he's way past his expiry date, and you know they should have at least tried something new. But like nobody's pissed about it because the roster's still young. It still stinks. There's not enough good players. So like, you know, if if he can g- extract something out of the players, if he's not an active liability like a Ducharme, then I think it's acceptable and it's fine. But you would, yes, like definitely like to see uh, an actual coaching search this time around uh, instead of just you know tapping your buddy uh, from the old days. Before we move on from the East, uh, I want to just, I wonder, like, because the Islanders have been kind of sitting in ninth forever, but with no real hope of making the playoffs. I wonder if there are, like, funny headlines floating around, like, in the, I don't know, Brooklyn or Long Island or wherever the Islanders play, being like, oh, the team's only one spot out of the playoffs. Tonight's a must win game. 
and like that's been the headline for like the past three months because we we see that type of thing like uh, Vancouver is a great example because you know they're almost definitely not gonna make the playoffs they're in like single digit percentage chance um but you could feasibly see like oh maybe they'll win a lot of games and these other teams will lose and then what that ends up what ends up happening is you have three months of the national broadcast going tonight's a must win game for the Canucks uh, and then whether they win <laughs> or lose the next Jets. Right? Yeah, the Jets yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah well, the Canucks uh, more so, but yeah, it was happening to the Jets for... And the Jets, it was, like, more depressing, kind of, because, like, they were out of hope in, like, early January. No, but I, you know what? I was just looking at headlines today. It was, like, Jets with a must-win game against the Habs or some still, shit like that. Yes! Still! I just saw it today as I was... Now, with seven games left. Six games left now. Well, <laughs> technically... Technically, is it incorrect? The answer is no. Uh, but it's it 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 is dumb as shit. Uh, and <laughs> I feel like but the yeah, term no, "must it, win" game should like we need to retire that term because it's just so dumb and it's totally it's lost all meaning now. Because like you know right. what a must win game is yep. game seven. You be, you better win That's that right. one, right? Yeah. And and it's, it's, when it is a game seven, everyone knows it's must win. So you just sound like a dumbass for saying it out loud. So there's really right. no smart time to to say it. There's there's two acceptable scenarios. One is yes, game seven. The other one is if you're on the verge of being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, like a loss would put you out because then it's technically must win. But there, usually those last, you know, that's a two game stretch at most if you're lucky, right? So it, definitely an overused turn of phrase. And yeah, no, just I just the, I've, that seems like it's all I've heard. Well, I think one thing that separates like the the Canucks. Uh, and the Jets, sure, uh, from like the Islanders, is that there's just a disparity in the teams ahead of them and the caliber that they're that we're talking about. Like for example, I don't know, the Bruins seem like much more legitimate playoff teams than you know the Dallas Stars. The Preds have been good, but even then, the Nashville Predators, you know, the LA Kings. Um, so, and also the points, the points margin is it was relatively small until recently. Um, so I think that contributes to the hope. But nevertheless, uh, that's enough. I don't need to see any more Jets. I don't. I don't want to hear about the Jets until October at this point. There's nothing relevant there. I think maybe we should replace the term "must-win game" with "ought to win game." How's that sound? That that sounds like I could apply that for 82 games. And it hedges to game one. We ought to win this one, or it's a damn shame. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, like I think that's the point. Of, I think that's the point of sports. I don't know. Just, 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 no, I feel just like I feel like ought to is a little bit stronger than like ought to try to. Every game is that we ought to try to, <laughs> but you know there are some games where yeah. it's really like you know we really ought to win this one. Okay, there's a bit more imperative in certain games. Is that For what sure, we're yeah. advocating? It's a spectrum. For? Okay, from ought to try to to ought to to must. <laughs> yeah, I think you could you could even push the lower end to you might want to try. Um, oh well, no, yeah. there's 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 also there's also must lose. You know, like you yeah. try to tank. So there's yeah. a spectrum. It goes it encompasses the full range of outcomes. Um, to the point where like you don't want to go to overtime. You want to lose in regulation. Get the best odds you can. Uh, so you know that's what we're talking about. So yeah. Uh, how did we get here? Um, did we just oh yeah we're talking about the Islanders. And then that's a, that's a solid segue to the Western Conference. We were just talking about the Jets and uh, the the Canucks. So let's look there. We'll look to the uh, to the the fucking Central Division first. 
obviously we have Colorado looking dominant as ever. Darcy Kemper, uh, after struggling for the first like couple months of the season, everybody was like, oh, they traded too much for him, uh, has been uh, pretty good. He's, I think he's been great. He's been best great for caliber. Your team. He's been incredible. And they've won nine in a row. Obviously, the rest of the roster is uh, crazy, as we've talked about many times over. Uh, so they're sitting at 116, very much in the lead for the President's Trophy. Uh, next up, the uh, other team to have clinched in the Central are the St. Louis Blues, who we covered this week. Um, you know, we'll talk about them more in depth, but uh, they're an absolute wagon recently. They uh, had hit 100 points already, and they've won eight games in a row, and they keep scoring goals. They just score a shit ton of goals, and even though Jordan Binnington's terrible, they found they've replaced him with Billy Huso, and they're still rolling. One point behind them is the is the Minnesota Wild. Looks like this is going to be the series for the Central two three. Uh, that's going to be a very exciting one because they've been great all season and uh, very underratedly so. Apparently, pretty under the radar. Uh, off to the so any, yeah so yeah you want you want to say anything anything to say about these Central teams? Uh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to the St. Louis Minnesota matchup, and I feel like in like oh, yeah. around 2015, around then, these two teams played in the playoffs like at least once against each other, maybe twice. And it was like the the boring matchup, kind of, partly because any matchup Minnesota played at the time it was the boring matchup. But this this time, it might be like a, the most exciting or among the most exciting ones, uh, besides Absolutely. you know like Toronto Tampa or something like that. Um, they they actually we just were in a couple of moments we are going to talk about the game these two teams played against each other yesterday that was six five in overtime. So that's one to keep an eye on. Colorado. Uh, Actually, they have the, the the letter Z or Z. Take your pick next to next to their name now, which I believe indicates they've clinched uh, the Western Conference. So home ice through till at least the Stanley Cup final. Congratulations! Oh, through to, to the them. conference final. Sorry. Right. Uh. So. So yeah. No. The, the the Blues Wild now they've become you know for teams that have really been kind of defense first, system based teams for. Basically, their entire existence when we're talking about the Wild, uh, it's good to see that, you know, they're, they're, they're purely offense teams now, basically. Maybe not purely, but very much offensive-oriented. Uh, as you can see, you know, you have a 6-5 game uh, just this past week. And so, yeah, I think definitely second most exciting matchup uh, you'll have. I think first place is whatever comes out of the Atlantic there. Uh, and I fail to see a better a better first-round match uh, in in any of the rounds. Uh, so so that's that. Looking to the, uh, the first three teams of the Pacific. Uh, if we will, we have the Calgary Flames, who are seven points up, uh, who have been solid. You know, they've been trucking along. They haven't been super dominant as they were maybe two, three weeks ago. Uh, but they're clocking in the wins. They're still chugging along. Uh, and second place, we have uh, the fucking Edmonton Oilers, who under Jay Woodcroft have been uh, very good. One last, last eight of their last ten. As I talked about, as I railed about earlier, Mike Smith has had a resurgence. So if he's on your fantasy team, he's probably doing real fucking good. Uh, and so, yeah, they've actually figured out their goaltending uh, because, uh, I mean, obviously it was a black hole to start the year. And the team's clicking Dreisaitl, McDavid, and uh, that they're kind of carrying the team. I don't know. I, honestly, I haven't really been following the Oilers. I just kind of know that they've been doing well. So I don't know how the rest of the roster is doing. I just know that Mike Smith's been great. And... Apparently, Jay, Jay Woodcroft was the answer, or perhaps it was just not having Dave Tippett as your coach. I tend to favor the latter. Yeah, so we were, I think you just said, like, oh, the LA Kings, they're like they're not a, like a playoff caliber team. Yet, they're probably going to make the playoffs. And if I, I would have, I would, you would think, like, oh, they're probably not going to win in the first round. Then I see they're playing the Oilers, and I would have no choice but to pick them over the Oilers. Um, 
Which he I was still. Oh, how how? What are the Oilers? Do you remember what? last year? Do you remember last year? Well, what happened last year? Well, like them them getting last swept year by the Jets? they got swept by yes. the Jets. The That's right, the worst team. <laughs> A very bad team. <laughs> a worst, the worst team of in a certain... Anyway, and the Oilers got, got swept by the, by the Jets, who in turn got swept by the Habs, who are now last in the East. So, but think of it that way. Um, take, and take that what was, you will from that. That was after a great regular season. That was at least as good as the one they're having now, where Connor McDavid like had... Wasn't it like the highest era-adjusted points total in like all time or something? Or it was like close at least like top five and it just all yeah. fell apart in the playoffs so i don't know how i'm supposed to have faith in the oilers having any degree of playoff success when they couldn't even win a game uh last year so yeah i would pick that's a f- the kings to beat the oilers in like that's, six that's games a, it, it does make it tough to pick uh mike smith makes it's tough to pick mike smith in anything um but for him to sustain this run of success but apparently i mean it's been happening we can't deny that they they won eight of the last ten. They're on fire, but yeah, you, you cannot know, deny of, they've won eight of their last ten. That is true. Uh, but yeah, no, you, it, they do give choke vibes because you know the roster sucks, the organization sucks. So yeah, in third place currently, holding on, fighting off the, the the challengers behind them in the Canucks and the Golden Knights are the aforementioned Kings, who have been uh, slumping. We talked about it last week. They won four of the last ten, and yeah, I guess some of the sheen that nobody kind of expected to last all the way up until this season is starting to finally wear off. And uh, as as it pertains to the teams behind them, you have the Golden Knights. Who are, so yeah, the Kings are, are currently occupying a Pacific Division spot, uh, even though they have less points than the Preds and the Stars who are, who are taking the two wildcard spots uh, but are in the Central. Uh, and so yeah, you have the Golden Knights who are, have a game in hand and are, have won seven in the last ten. They've been great. Now they got Mark Stone back. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned before we started recording that they broke the, uh, LTR, the LTIR record, the, the infamous LTIR record for most number of players at the same time, um, at, at seven. Do you, do you, do you have the list on hand or is there anything uh, else you want to add about this record? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. Let's put it. So basically, uh, they put three guys, they put Nolan Patrick, Laurent Brassois and I think William Carrier on a, all on LTR at the same time to just barely clear enough room for Mark Stone to come back. So now they got yeah Riley Smith, Laurent Brassois, William Carrier, Nolan Patrick, Brett Howden, Nicholas Haig, and Jake Bischoff all on LTIR. Uh, over twelve million dollars sitting on the long term injured reserve. Um, so they are not obviously you know at full power, but of those, I'd say Riley Smith is the only player who you could call like you know. A key part of the team so they do have all their top guns in right now for their last stretch of the season they have six games left against the devils the capitals the sharks the stars the blackhawks and the blues that is not such a tough schedule and meanwhile the kings with their five games left are up against the ducks the blackhawks <laughs> the ducks again the Kraken and the Canucks, so that one is significantly easier. So LA, <laughs> oh, fuck. if LA doesn't yeah. get out of their slump against the Ducks, Blackhawks, Ducks, Kraken, and Canucks, then they definitely don't deserve to make the playoffs. God, that's such a joke of a schedule. That is such a joke of a schedule. 
Uh, and definitely the easiest one in the league because I struggle to even think of like a sequence of five teams that's like better or worse than that one. So yeah, at this point, it looks it look, really looks like the, the Golden Knights have to win out, you know, um, to and like hope that the Kings lose a game, win out to make the playoffs. But yeah, going back to the the Golden Knights, isn't it like real convenient that like some of the worst. The, some of the worst contracts are the ones that go out of the IR. Like, we all agree, Laurent Brossois, $2.3 million at this point in the season, not worth it. Just, you know, upgrade, you know, call up some random guy who I think they did, like Logan Thompson. Like, what is the difference there at this point in the season? So, there we go. Uh, and like William Carrier at $1.4 million, Nolan Patrick at one point two, like, uh, and Brett Howden. Uh, like, these are all dudes who stink. Uh, and I, so, like, you know, Riley Smith is, And they have a you know, sore a, a elbow or something. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. Like, bro, they woke up with, a, like, a, a minor bruise on their left shin. And then they, all of a sudden, they're on LTIR. Like, you know, like, I'm sure they're legitimate injuries. But, like, this this just goes to show that this LTIR, which a loophole is not going to get closed, by the way. The GMs love it. They, it makes their jobs easier to do. Um, But it's not, it doesn't, like, it just makes the salary cap, a, a, it's a soft cap. And do I hate it? Not necessarily. But let's just call it out for what it is. Uh, it's <laughs> if teams can do whatever they want with injured players, quote unquote, while well, like everybody's injured at this point in the year. So, you know, why not add a Jack Eichel midseason, even though you're cap strapped? You can do this shit. Yeah. So Vegas is probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, I, I would like to point out, though, they are doing what I said they should do. Keeping Patch ready, Stevenson and Stone together, then putting Eichel on a different line. Which right now is with uh, Matthias Dianmark and Jonathan Marcheseau. Uh But anyway, um, they missed the playoffs. It's interesting in the sense that it really goes to show how good the Lightning are. They go, hey, yeah, whatever. We'll sit Kucherov all year. Then I'll come back in the playoffs and we'll win the Stanley Cup. And Vegas, thinking they might be at the same level, said, oh, yeah, sure, we'll get Eichel and we'll like go without Stone for a long stretch, go without Petrietti for a long stretch. And then, you know, once the playoffs start, we'll be great. And they failed to consider that maybe they weren't as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and that's not a, something that every team can actually easily do, even every very good team like Vegas is. On the other hand, this might be bad news for us as fans if it sends the message that you should not acquire a, a superstar player midseason because then you'll just ruin the chemistry and be bad, even though that is kind of what happened. Um, that was not a message that I want to have sent. Um, or worse, maybe it will send the message, never acquire a superstar player, because look what happened when Vegas did it. Yeah, you know, I, I struggled to see how that, you know, the, the GMs would receive that message, because, you know, I think it's really just don't sacrifice the kind of roster integrity that the you know the Golden Knights had to give up. Um, both in terms of, you know, like roster players like Alex Tuck that they had to give the boss uh, to Buffalo, um, but also you just basically have to juggle these players on LTIR for all season uh, with like varying levels of injury legitimacy, right? And I think that makes it a tricky situation to kind of gain momentum, and I think Vegas never did that. Uh, I think, you know, GMs will always want to kind of make that splash. They want to upgrade their rosters. Uh, whether, you know, sometimes those priorities are misguided and acquire shitty players, sure, but like I think, you know, I think it's 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 a, it's an obvious fact. You know, you can if you can acquire a guy, you go for it. So I don't think uh, I I I sure hope it doesn't uh, achieve that effect. But I don't think it will because you know it seems like a stretch of logic. Now, not to say that these GMs are are 
immune to such stretches of logic, but it, it does seem to be quite a leap. Um, and yeah, uh, onto Vancouver. They won five in a row. Wait, wait. Uh, Before we move on from Vegas, I'm just looking at their their stats right now. Underratedly, Jack Eichel's been like just okay this season. He's he's only played 28 games, but he's on like a 60 point pace. And Stone, Pacioretty, Marcheseau, and Chandler Stevenson are all scoring at higher points per game clips than than he is. He has 12 goals, nine assists in 28 games and like you know that's a good player you expect more out of jack eichel who's you know i know he missed a bunch of time but franchise center you give up so much for him like that's probably a part of the reason why vegas is fighting for their playoff lives these days yeah maybe they expected too much out of jack eichel but i i i I failed to kind of blame him given the circumstances he was in right you can play hockey for like what was it a year and a half because he had like a broken fucking neck basically or a herniated disc uh, and in his neck, right? So, you know, yeah, after that long layoff, he comes in and he's like, you know, put in a situation where he's meant to lead the team. Now, obviously, he's extremely talented. He's expected to do so at, at that kind of contract, at that kind of caliber of player. But still, that is a long layoff. And what, he's only like 20, 30 games in at this point. So, you know, y- obviously, you would love to see him produce to the caliber that you know you can um, as a franchise center. But it, it was a long layoff, to be fair. And he had that surgery. He, like, went with, like, a broken neck for, like, a full year. Well, okay, broken neck is maybe putting it, you know, a bit too much medically. But he did have that, you know, bulging disc uh, for a full year before he got surgery because he was in that big dispute with the Sabres, right? So I, I think we can't underrate the impact that might have had on his hockey playing ability because, you know, he was out for a year. So, yeah. you know, like, maybe it's, Vegas needed to temper their expectations a bit heading into it. Uh, and maybe they shouldn't have had, you know, like the Stone and the Pacioretty and go off and all that uh, onto the LTIR. All right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's totally fair. But now do as you're going to do and talk to me about how the Canucks are totally making the playoffs after five years. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not delusional. Uh, There's, what, six points back of the Kings, although they do have two games in hand. So theoretically, if they win those two extra games, they're only two, ga- two games behind the Kings, just saying. They have won five games oh, wait. in a row. And so, we just yeah. checked the, the Kings and Canucks' last game of the season is against each other. Ooh. So uh, let's look at the, the, the schedule here. We have the Stars. We have the Senators, the Wild, the Flames, the Kraken, uh, the Kings, and then uh, the, the Canucks play the Oilers on the last day of the year. Oh, so they'll have an extra chance. They'll have an extra Whoa. chance. They'll have two cracks at the can. Uh, no, like, well, it, it's good for them that they won five games in a row. It's happening. Let, let, let it's me... happening. They're making the playoffs. <laughs> let me look at the caliber. Oh, that explains a lot. Well, first of all, they, they beat the Golden Knights twice. So that's, that's huge. That's a huge L for the Golden Knights and that they've lost to the Canucks twice in the span of like six days. Um, but other than that, they beat the Sharks and the Coyotes. So, you know, is it, is it that much of an accomplishment? I, I would argue not so much. You just maybe have the Golden Knights number and perhaps have cost them a playoff spot in the process. You know, it's not happening. I'm sorry, Canucks fans. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier that it's in the single-digit percent uh, for the Canucks. It's just, you really, they need to win out, basically, based on the Kings schedule. And, oof, man, you really want to put your money on Canucks win 12 games in a row to end the season? Because I'm 12. not ready to do that. It's ridiculous. It's 12. It has to be 12 at this point. Well, they, they could afford to lose one between now and then. Canucks win 11 out of 12 to end the season. Yeah. That's Florida numbers. That's not a Vancouver number. Sorry to say. Okay. 
I, I was about to say that I believe, but I guess I really don't. I, I was going to do it for You'd the be bit. lying. I would absolutely be lying. I barely even believe in Vegas at this point. I really don't, especially with how the, the Kings' uh, schedule looks very schedule easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And catching Dallas or Nashville would be significantly harder considering there are four points back and I played one more game than each of them. Right. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, now that I look at it, it's those Vancouver losses that hurt so much if you're Vegas. You dropped like, what, three, four points there? So, yeah, you look back at it, that's probably it. Obviously, you look at the earlier season games, but, you know, down the straight. How you, how you lose to the fucking Canucks, man? A bunch of bunch of bozos and Boudreaux. I mean, like, Patterson's been great, granted, but still, it's the Vancouver Canucks we're talking about, uh, not the Florida Panthers. Uh, so, yeah, that's. That's the uh, the Western Conference race. Uh, let's see. We have Nashville and Dallas. I don't think we've mentioned them. Anything you want to mention? I, they're pretty ho-hum. Surprisingly good. Uh, very much wild card caliber teams at this point when it comes to I'm roster. not surprised by how good they are. I, I think at the start of the year, I said Dallas would be like second in the division or something. I was big Dallas believer. Well, good for you. You were in on early. You are in on it early. Uh, I, can't, I can't say the same for myself. Uh, but yeah, Dallas is there. Nashville is there. They seem like, uh, oh well, you know what? You never know. Do you put do you put that much faith in Calgary? What's your what's your take uh, in terms of the the playoffs for this conference? I'll save my Calgary takes for the playoff preview. How's that for a okay. tease? All right, look at that. Keep tuning in. You want to know Alex's Calgary take? Uh, so yeah, that's that's the playoff race as it shapes out. We we don't want to give any credence to uh, the the Winnipeg believers. Not only are they uh, mathematically unlikely to make it, they also suck and have sucked recently and give you no indication that they're going to win the remaining remainder of their games. Uh, so, so that's the Jets. Uh, elsewhere in the conference, we have uh, Anaheim, who uh, are bad, uh, but you know you, you have the occasional Zegers moment. Uh, the Sharks, who uh, not, nothing to say there. Chicago, Seattle, Arizona to, to round it out. And uh, Arizona really matching pace with Montreal for that you know, best odds in the uh, in the lottery. Let's see right now. I don't. It's forty nine points for the Coyotes, fifty one for the Habs. So Arizona currently in the lead, so to speak, by losing six in a row. The pain for Shane sweepstakes, <laughs> as they call them. Yeah, and at this point, with the, with the new lottery format, you guarantee yourself the third overall pick. As dumb as that is, so. Oh, I miss the old format. No. Why'd you have to go remind me? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But I remember last year, 2021 draft lottery, the first time I'm watching it, this new format, it's so much less exciting. Like two lotteries is so much less exciting than three when they're counting down the yep. teams. And last Absolutely. year was also especially bad because like it was like, it was like the, yeah, Buffalo had the best odds and they won the first pick. Seattle had the third best odds and they moved up to two. So the only teams that swapped were like Anaheim and Seattle swapping two and three. It was about as anticlimactic as you could imagine, combined with the yeah. fact that it was a worse lottery format. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's that's as bland as you can get. And if we had a third lottery, maybe we would have had an exciting jump. Odds are, yeah, you have a good shot at it. You have a good shot at it. Um, but yeah, now we won't spend more time on the on the shitty lottery format. But we'll we'll never we'll never you forget. Spent them way for too much one. time telling about the lottery over the past two years or so. Absolutely. All right. So uh, that's the standings checkup. Any uh, big picture things you want to mention before we move on to the Blues? 
Well, I guess when you do the standings check up thoroughly, it takes a long time. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're 47 minutes into this episode. That's insane. Uh, yeah. Well, All I right. think this will well, probably be the last one. It's probably the last one, right? Think about uh, it. No. Uh, well, next week, we'll still have like five days left in the season. So if there are still right. some t- tight races, we'll... We'll go over it. I'm sure it won't be quite this thorough and this long. Yeah, but I, I think, I think a lot of the races will have, you know, we'll see more separation at that point. You know, the, the, the chances of making up a three point gap will be much smaller then, so we'll have a, we'll have a much better idea. Uh, so, so that's yeah. that. That's the standings checkup, and uh, we can move to the, uh, the team of the week. We have the St. Louis Blues, who are absolutely ridiculous, scoring tons and tons of goals. I think what was it? Uh, Eleven straight games with at least four goals, which is a, a dumb streak that is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so let's go through their games this week. They had three of them. They started off against the playoff team, the Boston Bruins. Uh, and yeah, this one this one had a very very exciting start. Thirty four seconds in, you had uh, yeah David Perron. It was a very quick developing two on one rush. The Bruins were kind of stuck with their feet in the mud in the, in the uh, neutral zone. And uh, they go on a two-on-one, nice little pass from Ryan O'Reilly, and uh, David Perron scores to make it one nothing. You're like, okay, look at the Blues came to play. Uh, but then, uh, literally 15 seconds later, Brad Marchand takes a a deep puck and and swings it around to Bergeron in the high slot. He scores, makes it one-one. Under a minute to <laughs> one, under a minute into this week, and we already had a goal by each team. Um, and then uh, after that, we had what was it a Tory Crew goal that kind of pinballed all over the place. That ended up being disallowed because uh, the offside on the entry there. So it was still one one. And then uh, what what was his first name again? McLaughlin Mark McLaughlin. Guy. We saw his first go. career goal like last week, right, or the week before? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and now uh, we saw his second career goal um, in this four uh, two loss to St. Louis. Um, so iconic. Yeah, iconic. Uh, Fusion and hockey podcast ambassador Mark McLaughlin. Uh, I'll take it from here for this game. I have in my notes also 2019 Stanley Cup final rematch, and St. Louis won this one as well. Uh, Krug ended up scoring a goal that did count, uh, made it 2 2 in the second period on the power play. He got, he like stepped around Bergeron kind of like it was nothing, if I'm remembering correctly, which was kind of out of character for yeah. Bergeron. Anyway, uh, then it was the player who stood out by far the most to me this week, who scored twice, and it was Tarasenko. Made it 3-2, assisted by Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich on that red-hot line. And then, near the end of the third, Tic-Tac-Toe with Buchnevich made it 4-2. He is 100% back in form after some significant injury troubles. I think there was, like, wrist injury. It's like, is he ever gonna, you know, get that lethal wrist shot back? Well, he has. And he is... uh, Probably like the most valuable player on the Blues these days, and a significant offensive weapon, not to be messed with. Yeah, absolutely. And he's found like himself in a great situation uh, with a line that really found has found a way to click. Uh, like young Robert Thomas, uh, who centers uh, who is it, Pavel Bushnevich, who they got for free. I'm gonna say he got they got him for free uh, hey, from the New York Rangers. How dare you sully um, the good name of Sammy Blay in a second round pick? My, my apologies, uh, but they got a bona fide playmaking first line winger in that trade, and uh, he just—he's been absolutely fantastic. He's been electric all season, uh, and 
recently they've really turned it on. They found the crazy chemistry. I don't know how many fucking goals they scored. I know Tarasenko will talk about how he had a hat trick later this week uh, against the Sabres. But it just seemed like they're always driving offense. And they're so fast. And they just... They just seem to have great chemistry, and that line is really driving. Now, that's not to take away from the other lines. Uh, the Blues are very deep at forward, uh, and it seems like, you know, this is probably the deepest forward group that you can probably remember for the Blues. This is better, I think, than uh, their their forward core from even 2019 when they won the Cup. I think their defense is uh, a bit of a weakness compared to them and just in general, but the forwards, you know, dri- especially with that first line, uh, the Tarasenko line, they're just rolling. They're rolling. Yeah. That's absolutely right. I remember when they won the Stanley Cup. Honestly, if you look at like a list of all the Stanley Cup winners from like 2010 to 2021, St. Louis really does stick out. It's like, huh, really? That team won a Stanley Cup? Okay, if you say so. Uh, I guess, you know, Bennington was great out of nowhere. and Ryan O'Reilly was a Selkie winner or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you look at like lines one through four. St. Louis is among the deepest in the NHL. And yeah, the the defense is uh is where where the concern lies come playoff time. Um and they tried to shore it up with Nick Letty at the deadline. Our thoughts on that are well documented from a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um but you know, have they lost since they got him? They haven't lost much and they've scored a lot. I don't think he has much to do with it, but he, at least he's not, you know, tanking them or anything. And their next game was a 6-2 win over Buffalo. And what we, we remember what you said last week when I was like, oh, we're going to have to watch Buffalo again, is think of it like Owen this. Power week. We're going to get to watch Owen Power. And we did. And he scored his first point in this game uh, on Alex Tuck's goal Tuck, that made it a 2-2. I guess I kind of just skipped over stuff. We'll get to Owen Power when we, when we, when we get there. Um, anyway, I'll get there fast. Uh, Bennington was actually playing in this one, and he gave up the first goal when uh, Rasmus Asplund deflected a Henry Okaharu shot. And the Blues ended up on a 5-on-3 late in the first period. Uh, Buffalo was hopeless. David Perron scored. It was Brandon Saad who got a very early goal in the second period. And then Owen Power got his first point on Alex Tuck's goal to make, make it 2-2. He assisted on it, a primary assist. And I actually checked. He's played three games now. Still just that one point. But he's already second in average time on ice behind Rasmus Dahlin on the Sabres. A star. What a star. He even started off the game. I made a note of it. Uh, one of the one of the first solid chances was Owen Power made a nice little pass off the rush and then like s- took a slap shot on the rebound. That was a shot. And I was like, good for you, Owen Power. Getting a shot on goal. This is probably the only good thing that I want to see from Owen Power today. Uh, but I was wrong. He then, as you said, followed up with his first NHL point. So so good for him. I just want to point out uh, Jordan Bennington showing exactly why he's been relegated to backup duties on that goal. Uh, that was it was an Alex Tuck goal from the slot. Weak fucking shot right through the pads. Went right through him. Uh, and so, you know, Bennington has been awful all year. Uh, as you, one might say, uh, who could have seen this coming? Um, absolutely nobody. With that contract, <laughs> looked bulletproof. Um, but anyways, he's been shit. He's been, you know, supplanted by Billy Huso. Uh, but yeah, he, he's terrible. He's terrible. He's looked bad, and that, that was an awful goal. Uh, the first one wasn't great either. Kind of looked out of position, even if it was a tip. So, so that was that. 2-2. Uh, and then uh, the, the the Tarasenko scores uh, to make a 3-2. Nice little forecheck by Robert Thomas. Uh, gets to, to Pavel Bushnevich, who passes it to Tarasenko. Wide open. So uh, that, that that line's clearly clicking. Uh, know what they're doing. The chemistry's there uh, to make it 3-2. And then, uh, and then Tarasenko scored again off a defensive zone faceoff. Got a nice little 
long pass from Tory Krug, and uh, he absolutely like fucking uh, turnstiled Darlene. And uh, unfortunately, we saw our boy Owen Power uh, get uh, overpowered <laughs> by uh, by Vlad Tarasenko. You see, dangles the shit out of Craig Anderson to make a four-two. Uh, what was it Bushnevich scored to make a five-two? A little bouncing puck scenario. Uh, I think it went off like Alex Tuck skate or something. Uh, and then uh, the empty net went to Vlad Tarasenko, make it six-two. Uh, so so that line scored the <laughs> the last four goals for the yep. Blues, just absolutely rolling. Tarasenko hat trick plus two assists. He had five points, and that that goal where he undressed power really stood out. Um, was particularly impressive. He did the 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 Forsberg move, uh, the Peter Forsberg move on the breakaway, where uh, you know you go one way and then you take one hand off the stick and yeah, everyone, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. So I've got to say, every year when you know you're making your bracket going into the playoffs, it's always smart to look at like you know which teams are doing well lately or doing well over the past couple months. Uh, St. Louis is clearly among them. Um, you mentioned they have a new franchise record after, well, the next game, they beat Minnesota 6-5 in overtime. And now today, after they've scored, like, I think they're up, like, 8-3 on Nashville. So they're now up to 12 games in a row, scoring at least four goals, which is a franchise record. I I would like to know how many other times any other teams have done that, because it sounds like a pretty insane mark. I've probably happened a bunch in the 80s, like the Oilers or whatever. Um, but it's pretty crazy. But I was when I, we were looking at the standings before, a bunch of teams are on like very long hot streaks. Florida's won ten in a row. Colorado's won nine in a row. St. Louis has won eight in a row. Uh, the Oilers won eight of their last ten. Um, there are a lot of teams who are doing really well now, and a lot of other very good teams who are brought who have a tendency to turn it on come playoff time. So that's that's definitely good news. And we're getting teams at their best as we enter the most important time of the year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a very exciting playoff. Uh, it's going to be a tough bracket to fill out. But I think there's just a lot of like really fucking good teams this year um, in, in both conferences, really. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the teams in the uh, Atlantic and in the East have kind of separated themselves early on. But even then, you have like teams like the Flames, the Avalanche, the Blues have been great. The Wild have been fantastic. Uh, and that's just four teams right there. If you want to throw in the Oilers because they've been doing well recently, make a five. Uh, and, you know, the Golden Knights sneak in. They're a good team. Their roster is technically stacked, even though maybe they can't figure it out exactly. Technically. But, you know, like six <laughs> six teams that are like, you know, you were, you're heading into the season, um, either heading into the season or you look at them now, you'd be like, oh, that's a pretty excellent team. So lots. it's going to be, I think, there's there's not many imposters, I would say. Uh, when it comes to these playoff teams, you might say the Kings, uh, you might say other teams, but they're just, it's a, it's a very good batch. And yeah, it, it, it incentivizes teams to load up because if you can go in and do this shit, uh, why wouldn't you? And I think that's a good thing. I think that's fantastic to have all these big winning teams. For sure. Uh, last lose game of the week, Minnesota, probably a preview of the first round playoff matchup. Uh, it starts, St. Louis scores first. Uh, Nathan Walker, everyone's favorite Australian player, gets in behind the Minnesota defense, gets like pushed into Talbot, then Barbershop Jensen, the rebound, one nothing. Then early in the second period, Ryan Hartman scored his... Do you know how many goals he has this year? No, I have no idea. Let me guess. 25. Well, actually, well, actually, he scored two in this game, so now he's sitting at 31. Oh. Ryan Hartman, <laughs> top-line center for the Minnesota Wild, 
uh, with the Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Has 31 goals this year. Um, and I have to say, I'm very happy about it. Because back in the 2013 draft, um, when I was 11 years old, I actually kind of, you know, I got my hockey news draft preview, reading up on all the players, and I went to Ryan Hartman, and I was like, oh, I think this guy's going to be good, I think. I hope Montreal drafts him. And then I did more reading, and they were like, Montreal needs big forwards. And I was like, oh, never mind. Ryan Hartman's 5'11". Montreal can't take him because he's not tall enough. They'll take Frederick Gauthier or something. And, of course, it took Michael McCarron, who's six foot six or so. And Ryan Hartman went five picks later. And he had had such a weird career trajectory because he had, like, a pretty good rookie year in Chicago. And then Nashville uh, bought high, gave up a first-round pick for him and a fourth. Uh, and the fourth actually turned into Philip Kurashev. I'm looking at it now, who's in the NHL. Then, remember when Nashville traded Hartman? No, I don't. I, I was genuinely wondering how he got from the, the Preds to the Wild. Well, he, he made several other stops on the way. Uh, because almost like one day less than a year after they acquired him for a first-round pick, they traded him for a rental Wayne Simmons to the Flyers <laughs> in 2019. Um, so that was some very rough asset management on David Poro's part. Wayne Simmons, of course, walked in the offseason. I believe he signed with the Devils. Um, and then the Flyers, after acquiring him, a couple months later, trade him to Dallas for a Tyler Pitlick. And Ryan Hartman was an RFA at this time. Um, and it was like, what are you doing, Philadelphia? Why are you trading this, you know, young player who's probably going to be all right? for someone who's worse and older. Dallas is the clear winner here. Then, as it turns out, Dallas wasn't the clear winner here because they <laughs> didn't even give him a qualifying offer. A week later, he walks. And I'm pretty sure that summer 2019 is when he signed uh, of, of, as a UFA with the Wild. And uh, he was all right for a couple years, and now he's broken out into a top-line center, basically on quite a good team. Wow. That's insane. I had completely lost track of Ryan Hartman. And uh, <laughs> now I know what he's been up to since being traded from like for a first round pick. That's like, that's the last thing I remember about the guy. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> turns out he was <laughs> worth it after all this time. Yeah, exactly. After all this time, that was a worthy acquisition chain. They didn't, they, they traded him for geriatric Wayne Simmons. So, so that's that. Uh, so yeah, back to the game. Uh, we have uh, Tarasenko. <laughs> yeah, I got a little sidetracked there, I guess. <laughs> Tarasenko scores to make it 2-1 uh, off the rush. Nice little uh, cross-slot pass by the the activated uh, Colton Pareko who uh, went up on the play off the rush. Good for him. Uh, and then we have uh, a power play goal, David Perron. Uh, nice little crossing pass by Braden Shen to make it 3-1. Uh, Brandon Saad scored off the rush to make it 4-1. Nice pass from Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, and at that point, it looked like the game was maybe in hand. But alas, the Wild came back. Uh, I think it was, was it Hartman who scored the 4-2 goal? Because it went off Marco Scandella, who I think is playing on the first pairing for the Blues. That is a oh, red no. flag. Um, so he made a 4-2, own goal. Uh, Freddie Gaudreau sco scored on a one-timer from the slot, make a 4-3. Uh, and then uh, Pavel Buznevich showing us why the Rangers shouldn't have traded him for nothing. Uh, handy dandy, like what was it, one on three 
uh, in in the zone, and he just snipes it. He just snipes it on Cam Talbot. That's a makes crazy a five shot. three with uh with with ten minutes left. Just ridiculous. And it's like, wow, why, well, why did you like? How could the Rangers possibly train this guy? It makes no sense. Um, but while we're not to be denied, six minutes left. Uh, Ville Husso kind of flubs the shot, a little a long shot. It goes off the glove and in, uh, and then back out as a rebound, juicy rebound from Marcus Foligno, blank, bangs it in. And then a minute later, bad pass by Colton Pareko gets intercepted, and uh, Kaprizov's all alone in the slot. You know how that movie ends. Uh, it's five five. And so the Wild managed to sneak off a point in that game. But uh, Braden Shen scores off a nice pass from Pavel Bushnevich in overtime. Uh, so the Blues do end up winning a wild one. But, you know, the <laughs> Wild were hanging in there. So good for them. All right, that wasn't uh, even intentional. It was a wild one, but it was the Wild who went home with the Blues. <laughs> and the Wild did not win. The Wild, the wild did not. No yeah. one. <laughs> that was a wild one. Uh... Yeah, so to to cap things off on the Blues, another great week after a series of great weeks, and they are off to a great start this week as well. Definitely a threat come playoff time. Um, and Kaprizov, I want to shout him out a little bit because he scored his 43rd goal of the year in this game, which is a wild franchise record. He is He really is like a premier superstar of the NHL. Actually, I checked. He's fifth in goals in the league behind Matthews, Dreisaitl, Kreider, and Ovechkin. And he's seventh in points with 93, tied with Marner, I think. So he's really, you know, among the absolute best. And Minnesota's never seen any player like him on their team before. That's right. And we'll get to watch him play in person on Tuesday. How very exciting. Well, maybe, you know, let's hope he doesn't get injured and all that. But, uh, but yeah, no, he's just absolutely wild. So I think, what is that? Is he at 44? Now, he scored another one. When, when did he score another one? Either way, I I thought I saw that on my timeline. I could be completely misremembering and just thinking Are they the, 43 today? Goal, uh, the 43rd goal. But uh, anyways, were they? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I they could did. Be just... Let me check to see if uh, they did play today, but he did not score. Oh, okay. So I guess I was lying. But uh, either way, that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that Kaprizov is indeed an elite player, a bona fide superstar. So also to update you on uh, your fantasy team, the Ducks are taking a fat to, L. The Ducks are yeah, up three okay. to one, uh, and your opponent's player Troy Terry has scored twice. Okay, all right. So so all this to say, my I'm dead. It's over. It's over. <laughs> I think I'm down by like thirty points now. Uh, this is. I tried, oh, man. Oh well, uh. So so the rest of the podcast takes a somber turn as I <laughs> grapple to accept my crushing defeat at the hands of a certain opponent. Uh. But yeah, anything else you want to say about the Wild? Um. Or not the Wild, but the Blues. No, that's, I think I we think that's probably enough. We talked enough about the Blues. We did it in our standings bit and in the week. Yep. Um. So let's run through. We took. We had a couple other points. Um. Let's run through them fast and then get to our draft. Uh, one of them, actually, Ryan Hartman. This would have, would have been a nice segue oh, to save Ryan Hartman damn. for now. Damn, uh, we missed it. I Sorry, my chance, bad. But, but Ryan Hartman flipped off of Andrew Kane and is getting fined for it. Um, and I have to say, it is kind of absurd that, you know, we just let these people punch each other in the face, make each other bleed, and, you know, there are like eight-year-olds watching and clapping along at home. But then all of a sudden, you know, a crude gesture 
and it's how could this possibly happen on my good CBC or whatever. I don't know if you saw Evander Kane's ex-wife is actually like publicly donated like two hundred bucks to help pay uh, Ryan Hartman's fine. Right. Yeah. No, I saw that, and I was like, "All right, that's 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 brazen of her." Um, and uh, good for her. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it it started like a flood of donations to Ryan Hartman's like Venmo. Sure, um, he needs like, it. He just, yeah, but no, he decided to uh, what was it? Send it to the Children's Hospital in Minnesota. So so good for him on that in that sense. Nice. Uh, but but yeah, that's just a little, little fucking. Everybody's a bunch of whiny babies apparently when it comes to oh he pointed the middle finger. That's terrible. Who's the other guy again? Was it Andrew Ference back in like twenty twelve when he was playing the Habs, like pointing the middle finger at the at the crowd? Um, like, you know. But yeah, you have a problem with this, but not the the punchy punch. Like, you know, it's not the same it's the same people who, you know, like cheered like Jay Beagle when he punched the shit out of Troy Terry the other night. Like, come on. Come on, let's let's not raise an unnecessary fuss because, uh, yeah, Evander Kane deserves it. So, uh, what's the big deal? What's the big deal here? I feel I vaguely remember the Andrew Ference thing. Flipping off like an opponent, I feel is much more reasonable than like doing it to like the fans. Like, what's that gonna do? That's I, right. I just, you know, <laughs> I just feel like it's like a very like whiny, <laughs> perturbed. Like, if, if they're like fans talking <laughs> you. They're like, boo, you suck, Andrew Ference. And you turn around and, like, unironically flip them off. I mean, you lost. They beat you. They got in your head. And they're, <laughs> they're literally fans, right? Uh-huh. You're right. You're right. So, uh, even this is an even less deranged case of the middle finger when it comes <laughs> yeah. to Ryan Hartman. Because uh, <laughs> you're pointing it at your opponent, who happens to be an asshat. Uh, so, there we go. I didn't see what the on-ice reaction was, but everybody was, what was the uh, what was the player's reaction? I know I've heard like you know the Oilers are usually just generally slow to respond to defend Vander Kane, but yeah. does anybody care? Does anybody care about this? I did not see, but I I imagine like I don't think in any situation uh, you'd be like oh I can't believe you flipped off my teammate. Punch. Actually, well, that's not true. That could definitely happen, but especially because like you know it was pretty quick, right? Up there for like two seconds or so. Makes sense. You don't catch that in the moment. I think. Yeah, it's possible. And if you're event, yeah, and like Evander Kane's not gonna be like, you pointed the middle finger at me, fight him. Oh, he might. I don't know. I, I don't know Evander Kane, so he might be that kind of guy. But uh, so yeah, that's that was the uh, the incident of the week, the DOPS incident of the week. I think they find him like 4K, the maximum allowable for what player safety, yeah. really protecting wow, really, us out here. Really <laughs> threw the book at him there. Good for them. Uh, so so yeah, was what was the the final issue? There was also like. Do we want to mention Carey Price came back? Yeah. Oh, I think we did mention that uh, earlier. You, you did. The standing spec, but, you know, mention it again. Why not? Shout out Carey Price. He's back after an extended break. Uh, and uh, was there any other point? Was Oh, Chris Kreider. 50 goals. You wanted to rag on Chris Kreider for being the worst player to score 50 goals in a while? <laughs> I want to rag. Honestly, just like, that's crazy. <laughs> because, like, and he scored 50. Because I remember... In like 2011 or something, second time I bring up the hockey news this episode, I got like the hockey news yearbook when I was nine years old, and they had a, a bit on, because uh, Corey Perry had just scored 50 goals that year. It was a big deal. And they were like, Corey Perry, welcome to the 50 goal club. And they had a little list of like all like 91 players or whatever who scored 50 goals in a season ever in NHL history. And you're going through, and it's like, you know, 
all the best players of all time, basically. And that next year, Evgeny Malkin uh, joined the 50-goal club. And then for the longest time, there were like no new additions until Dreisaitl, I'm pretty sure, a couple years ago. So in my mind, it's always like, oh, you know, this is like the best of the best, right? We'll get there. Like McDavid hasn't even scored 50 goals yet in a season, and I don't think he's on track to this year. Then all of a sudden, Chris Kreider, of all people, is like, yeah, you know, my career high is like 28, but this year I'll score 50. It's like, what? Kind of throws all the logic out the window. Um, and I'm sure his shooting percentage is ridiculously high. I know he doesn't have many assists. He's not even like a point-a-game player, despite scoring literally 50 goals. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just like a, a mindfuck thing that I, that hasn't sunk in. Not that I've spent a lot of time pondering it or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I'd say probably the worst player ever to have a 50 goal season. And there's a very real chance he never even cracks 30 again. Yeah, no, he's shooting like 20% this year. He's shooting 21% if you round up. So it's, it's safe to say it's not happening again. Um, but, uh, <laughs> not often you see someone with twice as many goals as they have assists. I'll tell you that. And he is more than double. So, well, good, good for Chris Kreider. I don't, I don't know what his contract situation is like, but. If it's, I don't, I don't he think just it's signed like to. I think like two years ago he signed a new like seven year deal for six and a half million. Okay. Everyone was like, "Oh, that's crazy! That won't age well." Yeah, well, apparently he hasn't he hasn't fallen off the cliff yet. But shame he can't cash in. If yeah, he was a free agent this year, he was oh, imagine this was his contract year. Oh man, yeah, it's exactly. But uh, alas, he is locked in. But I mean, if I'm Chris Kreider, if they're paying me like I don't know five million dollars to play till I'm thirty five years old, got no complaints. Got no complaints. Life is good. Life is good. Yep. Uh, last thing I have listed is Vegas LTIR record, but we already mentioned that one. So let's move on now to our draft. Uh, we're drafting articles of clothing this week. This might be a good one. Let's see how it goes. Uh, well, so the last one we did was uh, transportation devices. Right, of course, one in dominant fashion with the likes of fancy boats slash other boats and the back of a little horse or pony. Uh, let's see what's in store for us this week. I wonder, Taisei, do you have any strategy going into this? Do you have a list? What's, what, are we, what are we looking at here? Right, so I spent five minutes earlier today compiling a list of 14 articles of clothing. Now, I feel like I, I'm running the risk of running basic again, so I really have to think hard to like think of something fun sometime in the next six rounds all right but that's that is the strategy maybe i'll I a, just like i have a list of 15 i feel like yeah. i do have most of the basic ones listed but i think i have some some moderately fun ones tier two nothing as obscure as like a blimp but but we'll, we'll make it work you want to tell me what they are before we get going or i absolutely don't why would i do that i don't know so we can we can have a, an accurate, you know, idea of what the value of a of sunglasses are. That's that's probably the most interesting I think I have on my list, and that's doesn't bode well. Anyways, I think I I'll start because you won the last one so resoundingly. Indeed, my team was low key bad. So all right, I shall begin with the first overall pick. My article of clothing is the hoodie. Is, <laughs> <laughs> the best. Oh, right. oh no, that's awful. Yes, yes, yes. Because 
You can wear a hoodie. You don't need to wear a shirt when you wear a hoodie, but you can. It works in all weathers. It's warm. It's comfortable. It's fashion appropriate, except maybe in a formal setting. A plus to the hoodie. First of first all, of all, first of all, why would you call it a hoodie and not a sweatshirt? All civilized okay. peoples call it a sweatshirt. Civilized people. Oh, sorry. Second, second, sorry. It does. It decidedly does not work in all weather. If it's too hot, you do not want to be wearing a hoodie. And if it's raining, you don't want to be wearing a hoodie. Um, and also, you know what I think when I see someone in a hoodie. Ah, uh, they're probably in a bad mood. That's a little, that's a little bit I think. He's like the, I was like, oh, you know, I'm tired and lazy. And I don't want to be productive today. Time to put on my hoodie. So there, that that's what you picked. You picked the unproductive piece of clothing. It is time now for my first pick. I'm going to be taking hats. Who doesn't love a good hat? The answer is nobody. You put it on your head. You got. Your winter hats for when it's cold. You got your summer hats for when it's hot. And you got all the in-between hats for when it's in-between. Uh, and you got, you know, a fedora. You got a baseball cap, all right? You got one of those little hats with the helicopter thingy on it that, like, six-year-olds wear in the cartoons or whatever. A million different yeah, in the 1960s. For a million different kinds of occasions. And okay. everyone looks good in hats. Or, like, a beret. You know, everyone looks good in a beret. I, I really do think... That there is no look in the world that is not slightly accentuated by some kind of hat. That's incorrect. First of all, I'd like to point out, you know, like there are plenty of looks that are, you know, plenty of hats that don't accentuate a look that bring it down. For example, uh, one notable incident that I had occurred to me over the summer was I was walking around in the neighborhood and there were, you know, these realtor signs, right? And they obviously have the realtor's headshot. And one fucking guy, uh, do I want to say his name? No, I won't call him out. I won't call it this random real estate agent, but he had a fedora on in his in his fucking you know real estate headshot, and I laughed. I laughed well, at him. I'm like, this is a buffoon. And if I I would never hire this guy as my realtor, someone who had the the judgment to think that he could wear a hat in this picture, let alone a fedora. I even took a picture of it. I think I have it stored on my phone somewhere. This dude, this real estate agent, who decided to go to picture day wearing a fedora. Anyways, not to mention hats are uncomfortable. Hats are inherently uncomfortable. Oh, boo, that's just wet. wrong. Yeah, especially in the summer, right? I, I granted winter hats are nice, you know, they keep your head warm, whatever. But in any other context, they suck. They they're just terribly uncomfortable. They make your head itch. They make your hair fall out, and it's just a sweaty time. They make your hair Terrible. fall out. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I think on that, so. On that real, I think so. <laughs> Source, just trust me. Anyway, um, I I think I feel like I'm balding when I'm wearing that, a hat. You know, I'm that real estate agent. I think that just speaks to uh, a bad hat selection and not, you know, a bad hat itself. Because there are several contexts in which a fedora works well, and there are other hats that work well in a real estate headshot context. Just because Such one as? guy, just because one guy misjudged it, doesn't mean all hats are bad all of a sudden. I wouldn't trust this guy if he was wearing a backwards baseball cap either, or any other hat. If he was wearing a toque, I'm like, why the fuck are you so cold? Aren't you taking this picture indoors? Like, what's the hat? You tell me there's a different hat selection to be made? No. The hat selection to be made was the lack of a hat. And that goes to say, that goes to show just how unvaluable it is. So I could make the exact same argument for you. What if he was wearing a hoodie? You'd be like, I don't want to hire a guy wearing a hoodie as my real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's chill. He's relaxed. You know what he's doing? He's so relaxed. He's productive. Everybody's more productive in a hoodie. That is a fact. I don't want to be fucking itching in my tight tight belt, in my tight shirt. I'm like, oh my God, it's terrible in here. 
it's so constricted. I'm in a hoodie. Everything's nice. Everything's like, uh, you know, loose. It's good. You don't want to sit to wear a hoodie when you when you have a fever. That's it. That's the only good hoodie time. No, I'm always wearing a hoodie. I'm currently wearing a hoodie. I'm like perpetual hoodie from like I don't know. And October. We're to not May. being productive. We're spending our time podcasting. Point made. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I see shots have been fired at um, both of us. All right. Yes, at the both of us. That was that was a self-inflicted wound. Um, okay. All right. Number two. Pick two, I should say. I will be going with running shoes. The best shoes out there. Um, I'm not going to be cheap and take all shoes. Like you somehow took all hats. Uh, I'll just take the running shoes. Well, can I take all shoes? Do we do we object to that? Or like... I don't object to that. You can take all shoes. Okay. I'll take all shoes. Because why not? You know, there's nothing wrong with... Uh, the more the merrier. But just so we know... Uh, you know what? I'm going to phrase it like this. Running shoes and other shoes. Since we did that last <laughs> time around. I'm allowed to do it with shoes. Fair play. All right. Uh, so running shoes are the best. Uh, you go out and you run around in them all the time. And there's like whenever it's running shoe season, especially after the like the boots season, boots stink, by the way. Uh, so in case it needs to be specified, it's running shoes and other shoes except boots uh, because, you know, <laughs> boots are terrible. They're heavy. They make me sad. They remind me that it's winter. Uh, but I'm in running shoes the first time. I'm like, I'm so fast. This is the greatest time of my life. Uh, and so and other shoes, too. You know, shoes are just a great time for like you can look good. You can make a statement. You know, there are cool shoes out there and but running shoes in particular. They're just. They're fast. They make me feel fast. And, you know, it's it's comfortable. They get me places. Can't say that if I wasn't wearing a shoe. So, if I was just wearing a hat, it would suck. Well, um, I would hope you never go out of the house wearing either just a hat or just shoes. But anyway, <laughs> um, with my next pick, I'm going to take pants. You know I'm a big fan of pants. In fact, I love pants so much that in CJEP, in my literary magazine... I had a piece published called They Go on Your Legs that I just pulled up so I can read you the first paragraph. It goes, pants, pants. I can't stop thinking about pants. I can't even stop talking about pants. I'm not taking my pants off. Not today. Do not take, do not make me take my pants off. Picture this. New pants, blue pants, new blue pants, smarty pants in the laundry. Put on your fancy pants. Let's have a big Friday. Money back guarantee. I I think I really do think that speaks for itself. Um, this piece, uh, which continues on in roughly the same uh, tone, is 636 words long. And yeah, pants are great. They go on your legs. You put them on one leg at a time. They come in different colors, different textures. What's not to like? I I I just I don't even understand what your point was on pants. Like, I don't see the, I like, they're pants. You know, like, there's nothing great about them. They're What's pants. not to like about pants. pants? They're just so average. There's nothing interesting Do you remember, do you remember in, like, you can make, like in grade yeah. 11, uh, our friend Lauren and I went through a phase where we would take titles of any, like, a book or a song or a movie or anything, and we would replace one of the words with pants, and it was the funniest thing in the world. Okay, yes. But I, I, okay, so this this reinforces the point that it seems to me that your favorite thing about pants is what you can do with the word pants. You know, you write a nice poem, you replace words with other words with pants, you use it as your first word in Wordle. This is like, it's just, <laughs> I do do what's that. the value in the, in, in the actual 
article of clothing. There's they, nothing appearing. Like, I go on your legs. They go, like, what it. else? What else what? do you need? They go on your legs. Okay. All right. Uh, with the fifth pick, there's just no. I I failed. I still failed to see the appeal, but I will be going with the T-shirt. Classic, versatile, elite, comfortable, and I just you know every morning, I pick out a T-shirt. I think I wore T-shirts twelve months of the year. You know, in the winter months, I'll pair it with a hoodie. But T-shirts are just incredible. You can look good in a T-shirt. You don't have to look sloppy. You know, as might be the stereotype for a hoodie, maybe for some uneducated folks, perhaps. But nobody can rag on the T-shirt, so I rest my case. And it's also more comfortable than like any like button-down shirt or fucking polo. I don't want to wear polo. I want to wear a T-shirt. All right. Going with a safe pick here. I see. Low ceiling. The elite pick. Yeah. Let's uh, high ceiling. All right. Now I'm gonna go for a very high ceiling pick, um, okay. which will be. Uh, glasses and sunglasses, but all all kinds of glasses. That's my third pick. Is that allowed? Do you object to this? Okay, I do object to it because it's what? not. I object to the 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 like like prescription glasses because it's like a necessity. You know, it's like it doesn't feel like an article of clothing. It's something I need to fucking do wear in my daily life. I'll accept sunglasses, you know, or like aesthetic glasses. But, like, prescription glasses? No. Can I, like, you know, like, it's it doesn't work. I don't think. I object to that. Okay. I see. Okay. Me. I understand. I understand. I'll still go with sunglasses, though. That's still my okay. pick. Um, because, Sucks, as you know, sun, some sunglasses are prescription sunglasses, so I kind of just found a loophole anyway. Um, it's terrible. They help, you, they help you see better if you have bad vision. Uh, like both of us do. Oh, I don't have okay. any prescription okay. sunglasses. Right. And you don't have any, exactly. More importantly, you? Okay. prescription sunglasses, I happen not to. Um, ah, but there we go. that is because my vision isn't actually that bad bad enough where I would need them. I don't even wear my regular glasses that often anymore. Um, but anyway, sunglasses are great for a number of reasons. First of all, they look extremely cool. They are like glasses but as you all know, the eye part is darkened for the outside <laughs> to keep out the sun and protect your Thank eyes. You. Like sunscreen for the eyes, except it wouldn't sting. Um, so they look cool. Possibly the coolest looking item of clothes that they raise. It's synonymous with cool. Wearing my shades, you know? Cool guy. And they also, the main purpose purpose is keeping you safe from the dangerous rays of the sun. What other item of clothing does both of those things at the same time? There isn't one. T-shirt. And any item of clothing. But t-shirt is not to make you look cool. It's to cover you up. No, but it's to make you look... T-shirts look cool. T-shirts, you can have fashion. Sure, Uh, but that's not their purpose. Oh, God. Purpose? Purpose? What about meaning? What is the meaning of the sunglasses? But I just want to say, there's a reason why at the beginning of this segment, I said, oh, uh, you know, the most exciting thing I probably have is sunglasses. Ha ha ha. Because it sucks. That's why I gave it away for free. Nobody wants sunglasses. I mean, nobody wants... Everyone loves sunglasses. Oh, you you only think you're cool if you're 13 years old. All right? In in, in practical terms, you know, in, in the practical world, all right? Sunglasses, I would associate them, you know, 
a lot of the time. Not 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 exclusively. I don't want to insult anybody who wears sunglasses. But you know, there are a lot of dickwads who wear sunglasses. All right. Um, there seems to be uh, some correlation there. I gotta say, uh, you know, people who think well, they look cool were, because they wear sunglasses, shirts, running shoes, now, and other shoes. Okay, but boots. yeah, but there are also a lot of good people, cool people. It's, there's no correlation between t-shirts and shit bag. Um, meanwhile, you know, like oh, like the sunglasses. Oh, a guy who wears sunglasses indoors thinks he's so fucking cool. Look at this guy wearing sunglasses. Nobody thinks he's cool. Everybody thinks he's a loser. Looks like a he looks like a fucking schlep. All right. Um, and so, you know, sunglasses, terrible, terrible, boo, boo, not fun. Doesn't help okay. you. Okay. Your turn. Makes you look stinky. All right. Where do I go now? Hmm. All right. I will go with the suit. That's for the right. whole thing. Yes. It is an outfit. It is an article of clothing. Okay, it's like you know it's I'm going to buy a suit. articles of clothing. We're really stretching the the limits here, but I'll give it to you. Okay. All right. You will you will you grant this if if you insist on blocking it, I'll accept it. I I understand why no, it might no. be a stretch. I I don't okay. I don't insist. I'll I'll let you take All the right. suit because it why, it is all sold as one one item kind of. So. All right. Okay. So the suit, everybody looks good in a suit. Now, granted, you don't, you know, I would hate to work every day in a suit. I'm not saying this is an everyday item, right? But I'm saying, you know, you gotta you gotta jazz it up. You got an important event. You wanna have, you know, look good. What do you turn to? You turn to a suit. You show up. Everybody's like, wow, you look great in that suit, you know? Unless you're like you're you're a bozo and you're taking a wrong size suit or a clown looking suit like a Don Cherry, uh, you're typically looking great in a suit or you get compliments. And uh, while it may not be the most comfortable thing, it can be quite warm, and that's a nice thing. And uh, more importantly, it's just it's a great vibe. You're walking in, you feel good about yourself because you look good. So that's my suit pick at number seven. You're talking about how the hoodie is like all comfortable. You're talking about how the suit's uncomfortable, but it doesn't matter. Which side are we going? Yeah, a bit of both. I get a bit of both. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I can... I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing seeing a bit of both here. What I'm seeing is you have no no spine no. No, uh, oh, okay. no, no oh, center okay. of, of, of principles. You're just going, trying to pander to both sides, the comfort side and the discomfort side. That's what I'm seeing here. And not to mention suits besides being, you know, slightly uncomfortable as you admitted are basically just for gatekeeping poor people from fancy events. You know, suits are so expensive. All right. What, what's oh, the okay. point? What's the point? There is no point. Just trying to make sure that only, only the rich people get access to the fucking cocktail party or whatever. Suits are bad. All right. Granted, I accept your point on the on the gatekeeping, and they are too expensive. But that does not. If they were, uh, not 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 expensive, or you know, items of gatekeeping as they currently are, they would be elite. Well, so... they aren't. So that that's like me saying. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying? To... That's like me saying. Well, no, because. No, but if that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying. Socks and they'd be socks. It's like the same. Okay, I I thought I thought we were going to skip the ethical implications as one might do for a transportation draft, for example. But you know, I didn't see this angle of attack coming in. To be well, fair, but sorry, suit is all right. Fine, fine. I'll drop that criticism. I'll drop that Thank criticism, you. but I will stand by the you're you're pandering to the to both sides of the comfort spectrum. Okay. Well, to that point, to that point, it's called strategy. I have a broad strategy. What's wrong with that? I have a you, have, you know you have a, a strategy of you have a strategy of 
of just trying to to appeal to everyone at the expense okay. of your own personality. <laughs> yeah, man. I used to be a hoodie guy. But then I just risked it all by drafting the suit. And I compromised the very tenets of my identity. And I'm falling apart over here. Sure did. Someone should write a play about it. Anyway. Uh, okay. All right. I will, now, I will now be selecting the underpants. They are critical. All right. Uh, they are critical to wear. Um, obviously, I can't speak for everyone. But I can tell you that... Uh, underpants are very crucial for concealing certain things, and so yeah, it would be it would be unpleasant to have to live without them. Yes, but in in as a whole, as an item of clothing, I would not select. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I wear them because I have to wear them, but I, it's not like you know, like they they're not. I'm not happy. Like, I'm not an underpants fan. I don't know anybody that is, and hey. I failed to see their value in a job. They're disgusting. Don't, like, when was the last you see, time, don't you dirty. ever you put on a really good pair of underpants and go, yeah, this is a good pair? Okay, but sure, that happens to all items of clothing. I put on my hat, like your hat, or, you know, the, the hat that you drafted, or a hoodie or running shoes. Oh, that's a good shoe. Put on a shirt. Oh, that's a nice shirt. Oh, I put on a suit. Oh, that fits well. That happens to everything. That, that there it is. So, so, so there, there you have it. You, you are an underpants fan. Put on no, I'm not. Sure you are. There are. I'm just saying there are some underpants that are better than other underpants. And while yes, all right, I'm not gonna be a complete like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go commando over here. It's like I'm not gonna go out there without wearing a shirt or without wearing pants either. You know what I mean? Like there are certain levels of that that are like societal standards. Sure, but that doesn't make me a fan of the underpants. And not to mention, they're just gross. You know, I see some underwear lying on the ground. Mysterious. That's disgusting. All right? I'm not touching it. I know talk about, I'm not touching a t-shirt lying on the ground either. Yeah, but there's this particular, you know, disgust associated with some dirty underwear on the floor. Just got to say that. You know, you walk into someone's room, they got underwear lying on the floor. What do you think of them? Oh, man, that's that. You should have fucking picked that up. You walk into somebody... And the shirt is on the ground. The hoodie's on the ground. This is so irrelevant. What are you yelling? Running shoes are on the ground. It's like it's okay. We all we all get it. Anyways, the point has been belabored. Uh, but you know what's way say, more disgusting than the underpants in someone's room <laughs> accidentally being left on the floor? No underpants in someone's room. <laughs> I can say that a lot about a lot of things, like no t-shirts or no shoes. Well, if they're out and about without I, any shoes. I don't like, have shoes, shoes in my room. Okay, but then, you know, like, where's it? it's disturbing if you're out and about without any shoes. So, anyways, the, the, the with and without context is, uh, it's, it's uh, what is it? It's arbitrary. Who cares? Um, the point is, nobody's an underpants fan, and I will take that to, to my grave. All right. All right, here we go. Uh, pick number nine. Wow, I'm, like, running out of things to pick. Hmm. We love socks, all right? Socks are fantastic. Ooh. You can you put them on your feet, and then they keep your shoes from stinking up the joint, all right? And you can express some identity. You got to have some very subtle style, you know? Like, maybe you don't want to. You're in a setting where it's not appropriate to be completely flamboyant uh, with some, I don't know, graphic design, you know, T-shirt, whatever. Uh, you put it on your socks instead. And uh, it's subtle. Maybe you can show it to some uh, people that you know at the event, but you don't want to, like, you know, 
walk about in it. So it's a good thing, you know? And uh, also they're warm. You love a good wool sock. Who doesn't love a wool sock in the winter? Not only are they very warm, but they're antibacterial. And they look cool. And they're comfy. Nice and thick. Like you're walking on a cloud. So uh, I will be rephrasing this as wool socks and other socks, by the way. For the record. Because wool socks are the best. Go ahead. I've just got to say, the best part about wearing socks is taking them off. 100%. Every day uh, in high school, I'd be wearing socks with my shoes. And I'd get home. And the first thing I would do is take off my shoes and then take off my socks. And it would feel great every single day. That feeling never got old. Of going, Finally, my socks are no longer on my feet. My feet can breathe. Socks are nothing more than suffocators of the feet. Wow, what a terrible thing. Okay, why don't you go about walking around bare feet in your shoes then, huh? Think about it. If, they're, if your feet are so, so suffocated, so oppressed within your socks, huh? If if you if it's so dramatic, I'm not. That, I do wear it. socks. I do wear socks. There we go. Because they That's are good. required. But I do think it required. Be Nobody required them. Nobody required fit. socks. Sure, it's required to wear. Okay. You you said it. You said it. You can't wear uh, shoes with no socks. But that said, it is it is a necessary evil. Socks are a necessary evil, and the best thing about them is when you no longer have to be wearing them. That's all. Incorrect. Well, go My ahead. turn. Make your next pick. Uh, I'm going to select the bathrobe. I love my bathrobe. We uh, we wore bathrobes. I just thought of this actually. And our yeah. uh, the two of us and our friends we wore bathrobes when we played uh, on stage in high school as a band. Uh, I don't remember who came up with that idea, but we did it and it was great. And I still wear my bathrobe uh, from time to time. Get out of the shower. And you put on the bath. Sometimes, just right away, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, let me put on my bathrobe. And it's a robe, and it's comfortable, and you can tie it. And you walk around, and you feel all, like, clean or whatever in your bathrobe. It's great. Good time. Wow. Okay, I have never, A, worn a bathrobe in a, in a post-bath setting. B, never have I ever seen the point of a bathrobe. All right? They are the most irrelevant and useless items of clothing. Right to the point where we wore them, yes, but as a bit, because it's like, who wears the bathrobe out and about? What a fun time! And yes, I'm not saying I regret wearing the bathrobe on that event. No, it was it was it was a great look. All right, but only because nobody else wears bathrobes in public, and also there's such a re- irrelevant piece of clothing in the first place. All right, why do people wear bathrobes? I failed to see it. Uh, maybe this is just a personal struggle of mine to not understand <laughs> what's up with the bathrobe but i just don't understand I just wear your fucking clothes you get out of the shower that's what i like to do i put on some nice pjs who spoiler alert they're going to be my next pick but pjs then you can, you're <laughs> PJs ready that doesn't count you already okay wait, I, took, I took pants you took shirt that pjs count in that the pjs are right. off the board fine but the point still stands that I would much rather wear pajamas than a fucking bathrobe because not like the bathrobe, I have to like change again. Why do I have to change clothes again? Why don't I just go into my sleeping clothes when I'm not going to do anything else anyways? That's the whole point of the bathrobe. You're not going out and about. I'm not going to meet my friends in my bathrobe post bath. No, I'm going to sleep. But before I have to go to sleep, I have to change back in my pajamas. So I was like, what was the point of this extremely arbitrary piece of clothing that just adds another step to my nightly routine? Terrible. 
terrible, terrible. And like, what do people like? What do they do? They walk around in their underwear or like they go commando in a bathroom. Like, it just doesn't feel like a good time. You know, like just wear your pajamas. The pajamas are perfectly comfortable. I fail to understand. You should right. fail to understand. I do fail to understand. So maybe one day somebody can clarify. But uh, until that day arrives, I uh, will continue to rail on the bathrobe because it sucks. Okay. What is even, what remains even? It feels like we've taken just about everything. Um, hmm. You know what? Let's go with, let me think. Let me think. We can go boots. That's never happening. Yeah, I'm going to go with <laughs> You're gloves. You're literally, an earlier pick was running shoes and other shoes except boots. And then the last pick, yes, you're thinking to go right. with boots. Well, I'm running out. Of, I'm running out of items of clothing. What can I say? You know, there was a lot of overlap that I did not anticipate. But with pick eleven, I will go with gloves because without them, we are all doomed here in Canada. Uh, there's nothing like an excellent warm pair of gloves that keeps you insulated and your hands from freezing in the minus twenty weather. And when I do have to take my hands out of the gloves in minus twenty weather, it is such a miserable experience. I never want to do it again. I just want to keep my gloves on. Um, and yeah, they're just they're just excellent at what they do. They just keep your hands warm. I wear them fall, spring, winter. It's just it's great. And, you know, I play soccer, I play goalie. I wear goalie gloves. Well, that may be a very uh, you know, what is it? On whatever. It's a very small use of gloves. It's insignificant. It's insignificant. But worth mentioning anyways, because gloves rule. Protect your hands, people. Oh, yeah. Hand protection. Lab gloves. Working gloves. Gardening gloves. Elite. Elite. Thank you. Coming to my TED Talk. You know, with my last pick, I was going to take scarf, but okay. I figured... That would have been bad. What? That would have been bad, but go ahead. And I figured instead, why not, since you just took gloves, take something that is exactly as good as gloves mittens so i'm taking mittens and now we've literally we've tied the last round uh round six is a wash and uh yeah that's the end of the draft okay all right uh wow that is suspiciously close mittens and gloves almost worth a protest but, but no they're decidedly different my mom that was one okay. thing every time i was growing up if i called a glove a mitten or a mitten a glove she'd correct me every single time Okay, fair enough. But uh, to your point, it's not a watch because gloves are better. All right? Mittens, you can't do shit. I'm like, oh my god, what was the point of evolution? I've lost all my fucking fingers. All right? <laughs> Terrible. The one thing, well, one of the things Mittens has a leg up on or an arm or a hand up on, see what I did there, on gloves, is that they're yeah. always warmer than gloves. Uh, warm pair of mittens and a warm pair of gloves, the mittens are warmer. Um, partly because your, your four fingers are close together. Gloves are more dexterous or whatever. Uh, That's mittens, right. If we're talking about st keeping your hands warm, mittens will get the job done better. No question. Yeah, at the cost of now you have to take off the mittens every time I have to do something. You I just talked about in phone, the winter when you had to take off your, your gloves to do something in the winter, which yeah, is a regular occurrence. Fair. Yes, but it is much more regular occurrence when I'm wearing mittens. Do not lie. Do not be facetious. What's, what's the right? difference? You want to scroll on your phone? You 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 tuck your thumb out, and that works with either gloves or mittens. Just tuck your thumb out. No, but there's like there's there's other things. I don't know what desk dexterous movements. I can't think of them off the top of my head. That doesn't mean they any. don't exist. 
No, they, no. There are it's so not like your fingers become paralyzed when they're in mittens. They still move. They just basically not an they move, but they don't move effectively. Well, yeah, they, it's just one. Things. Man, man, you're really you're really telling me two fingers is not wor- better is is not worse than five fingers. I'm That's telling you, you the difference is not as close to as big as you're making it out to be. No, it's massive. It's a chasm. It's a veritable cliff. It's also a massive oh. chasm and warmth of my hands between gloves and mittens. No, just get warmer gloves. Jeez. But no, Not but warm mittens and warm gloves, warm mittens are warmer. It's just a fact. That's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. You're a fallacy. Because there are warmer gloves. There are always warmer gloves. You're just not looking in the right place. You're like, here are some shit gloves and some excellent mittens. Let me compare them. Oh, well, what? The mittens are warmer? Yeah, well, That's crazy. Find me, any, find me the warmest pair of gloves you can find. It's a pair of mittens that's warmer. Well, you don't know that's based in fact. Sure I do. I've go. seen lots of pairs, and I've experienced. I've anecdotal experience firsthand. You gonna tell me that, I'm, that I have false experiences? That I'm a liar? Yes, I'm telling you, you haven't experienced the warmest glove nor the warmest mitten, so you cannot possibly comment on the the comparison. Well, then neither can gloves. you. Right, but this completely <laughs> washes out. <laughs> Why mittens are better? Mittens... Neither one of us knows anything, and our teams were just guesses. <laughs> Honestly, have we even ever worn clothes? Are we qualified to speak on any of these topics? <laughs> <laughs> up, up for debate. Yeah, I've worn way less than one percent of the pants in the world. Yeah, so have I. I can't say I've worn more than two percent of the hoodies. So. <laughs> You think about it. Maybe I should just (laughs) maybe I should just shut the fuck up. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should. It's a question. It's a valid one. Anyway. All right. All right. Time to wrap this up. To recap. Indeed. Tysay's team. Hoodie, running shoes and other shoes except boots, t shirt, suit, wool socks and other socks, gloves. Correct. And my team. Hats, pants. Sunglasses, underpants, bathrobe, and mittens. I think the choice is clear. I think I'm about Your to team win. Sucks. My second Your team one sucks, row. man. Your team oh, my sucks. team rocks. You don't know. People are going to oh see God. hats, pants, sunglasses, and they're going to go crazy. We're going to be salivating. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get all the votes. All right. Uh, Wolf. Last um, full week of the regular season, what, what team do we want to do? Hmm. Do we want to do the Habs? Since we're going to watch them on Tuesday, and we've done the wild. Sure, let's do it. Let's close out the year with our with our hometown team, the Montreal Canadiens. Sure, that'll be a very climactic way to end the year. Talking about like the thirty first (laughs) team. Well, there's another there's another week in the regular season left afterwards, so we can we can save the playoff. Yeah. All right. Uh So let's see. Uh, Who we have? Minnesota, Philly, Ottawa. Wow, that's going to be a shit end to the week in terms of watchability. Yeah. I got to say. <laughs> okay, do you want to commit or do we want to look elsewhere? We're committed. Right, up to you. Doing Montreal. We're committed. Week. Okay. <laughs> we will have to watch the Flyers. I don't know if we've watched them yet. Like, I don't, it's been a while. It's just like it's a team that we haven't watched that often, I find. So, yeah. it's, not that, it's not like I want to watch them because they stink. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's that. We'll see. We'll see you next week with Habs Week. Anything else you want to add? Nope. The end go. of this week's right. Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Instagram Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Twitter Alex's new handle. 
at Taisefu. The end. <laughs> <laughs>